welcome back to another episode of the duties as assigned guys we have a special guest with us today we have tyler renard from ut san antonio the roadrunners so happy to have you with us and uh let's get it started off with telling us a little bit about you know your your start in the equipment world what got you started maybe as a student manager in equipment and kind of just your journey to to lead you up to where you are now at utsa yeah, first first want to say thanks for having me. Uh, excited to come and talk to you guys and share some stories about my experience. Uh, getting started in this field, I grew up, I was a little kid that instead of watching cartoons, all of that, I watched SportsCenter from the time I was little. Um, I played every sport known to man, ended up actually uh, being an all-state swimmer and played golf in high school as well. Never actually, I didn't play football after the sixth grade, born and bred a Razorback fan. We loved football, always loved football, just found other sports that I was better at. Um, played, swam, and also played golf. Actually played college golf, uh, Division II college golf my freshman year of college. Knew I wanted to work in sports, knew, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But after my freshman year, uh, transferred to the University of Arkansas, my mom, Mom went to University of Arkansas, had a great time, uh, ended up having to finish her degree back home at uh, University of Arkansas in Little Rock. Dad went to University of Arkansas. My whole family was Razorbacks uh, until my little sister decided to uh, go to LA. Oh. It was uh, a little bit different for us, but you know it worked out well for her. She's actually moved back to Little Rock and is in med school now. Um, went to so transferred to Arkansas my sophomore year, and that first semester I was bored it was the first time I hadn't been involved in sports been around sports had that routine of sports since I was probably four years old so honestly I just sent a bunch of emails um, my advisor uh, Dr. Steve Dittmore I was in one of my first sports management classes just gave me some advice and was like if you want to work in sports but you're not volunteering you're not interning you're not being a student manager whatever it may be when you graduate I don't care what your GPA is you're not going to have a job in sports because it's who you know, not what you know. Um, and so I, I, that really hit home for me. And so I sent a bunch of emails. And that, uh, that spring, I started as a student manager under Chuck Hall. It was actually Coach, uh, Coach Bielema's first year at Arkansas. Um, so started there, learned under Chuck for a year, year and a half. Uh, he moved on to some other things. I still wasn't – I didn't caught that bug quite yet. Um, I knew I loved it. I knew that it was, I was making a lot of connections. I knew it was going to lead me to something in sports. And I knew that working in sports was something that I wanted to do. Um, and then I got lucky when Jake Rosh got brought to Fayetteville and my senior schedule just worked out that I got to spend a lot of time with him. Um, that's my guy. Like I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him. Um, he, invested so much in me uh, that I, I fell in love with it. And it was that year that I was like, this is what I want to do. And ended up graduating, had an internship lined up with the Citadel, uh, with Kevin and them over there to go and work training camp. Austin Wiles uh, went out to Arizona to do their NFL training camp. But I graduated in May and that didn't start till the end of August. My mom looked at me I was kind of graduated, moved away from Fayetteville, sitting in Little Rock, just kind of waiting to move out to Charleston um, and figure out what was next. She wasn't going to let me sit on the couch all summer. 
Uh, so my now brother-in-law uh, was working beach service in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, and it's kind of the same schedule as, you know, as we work. You're up early. You work till late at night. My mom told me to go make some money. Uh, so I moved to Gulf Shores, Alabama, uh, worked beach service up at five until, you know, on the hot sun all day. And a year-long internship at the University of South Florida came open. I interviewed with Jeremy Lees down there in a shirt, button-up shirt, my tie, and my swimsuit in my car at the condo that I was working that day. Um, and ended up getting that that internship and so i moved to tampa in july um and went down there and worked for him for a year he was awesome uh our head student jason now the assistant down there um we had a couple students that went on to do nfl internships a couple of them still work in the nfl had a great time in tampa florida um it kind of kind of prepared me for the experience of coming down here to utsa as well of a a bigger city with not near as much fan support um, as what I'm used to. I mean, I'm used to the SEC. I'm used to all of that kind of stuff. Used to pack stadiums every single week, kind of regardless. Pack stadiums. Everyone loves that team. Everyone talks. It's it's the main topic on radio, on the news, whatever. And so moving down there, uh, it kind of helped, you know, everything. I think that everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. There's a purpose for everything, and that's what, that time in Tampa was for me was to kind of prepare me for different situations. Uh, Jake called me probably near the end of that year and said that he had a GA spot coming back open. Um, and uh, my wife was still up there in Fayetteville. She was my girlfriend at the time. She's a year younger than me. And so I, I wanted to move back closer to her, back closer to family. Uh, so I took the GA spot, moved back there. Uh, my graduate advisor actually unbeknownst to her helped me out a lot when I was doing my grad school classes she I came in she told me you're gonna graduate in a year and a half you're gonna graduate in December because jobs sports jobs come open in January and so we need to get you graduated and luckily a year into my GA spot my boy Ryro got (laughs) the director job at Tulsa um, and I got promoted to full-time and spent the last three years up there full-time and was really comfortable jake Mm -hmm. and i i mean jake jake's great to work for got to learn for learn more from him um and i mean that that room was just phenomenal from the students to um rga to who's now full-time up there at arkansas shout out kyle brindy um it just everything was so smooth in that room and my running backs coach, now my head coach that I work for down here, uh, got the head job down here. And I honestly would say that I have this job because of a hat. Um, Jeff Trailer, Coach Lonnie, our OC down here, was a tight ends coach up there in Fayetteville. And he had been there with Coach Bielema's staff and then got held on, uh, retained with Coach Morris's staff. He wore a certain, uh, this fitted hat that uh, he wore to practice one day. And Coach Trailer looks at me and goes, Hey, Stretch, I, I really like the hat that Coach Lonnie's got on today. Um, do we have any more of those? And, of course, this hat is, like, three to four years old. Like, <laughs> there is no chance. And somehow, by the grace of God, I had an extra one in the back of my locker. And, like, the cold gear and socks and all of that. And I pulled it out. And he, I, 
I'm not kidding when I tell you he wore that hat every day for his two years in Fayetteville. <laughs> and every day that he saw me, he was like, I got my hat on. I got my hat on. And uh, sure enough, he, he took the job down here. I'm on my way to our end of year manager party. Um, and he calls me. I see Jeff Trailer's name pop up on my phone. And he goes, I need you to move to Texas. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Come again? Hey, how are you, coach? <laughs> how, how, yeah, nice to talk to you. I hope you're enjoying it. He goes, yeah, we're going to have an equipment opening. Um, I need you to move to Texas. Okay, well, do you have any specifics about anything? This is in December. No, I'll figure that out, and I'll get with you tomorrow. And he, like, hangs up the phone. Um, and so Great now, yeah, now we've been here. We moved down here in February. Um, I did, and then my wife stayed up in Fayetteville for a little bit, and she moved down here when all COVID happened. And so we're here, us two and our two dogs, and it's fun times learning to be a first-year director in the middle of a pandemic. I saw on Twitter, um, I'm with you with the first year director in a pandemic. Um, Lord help us all. But the uh, I saw some talk about the hat on Twitter. And I was curious as to what the heck the hat is. Have you been able to find him a similar hat now at UTSA? Or has he just got a heat-pressed <laughs> Roadrunner logo over an Arkansas hat? No. So luckily the Arkansas one has been retired. It went from a nice deep shade of red to a very light pink. Um, with the sweat and everything, we were able to, um, we were able to find him one when he got here. Um, I, I had the number of the guy that used to be here and sent him, you know, equipment guys helping out equipment guys. I sent him all his sizes. I sent him what he liked, what he didn't like. And even the staff here, um, that coach was bringing with him all the sizes, everything. And they, they found him one that he wore for a while. And then when I got down here, it was one of my first priorities. We probably ordered. I probably ordered three or four different styles of hats that I thought he would like. Ordered samples first. They're just straight. They were just blanket with Adidas hats. Um, took them up to him. And he's very particular about them. I mean, there was one that he wears a lot now that with no Roadrunner on it, he didn't like it all that much. He didn't think he would like it. But I knew that our staff as a whole would like it. So I went ahead and ordered a bunch of them, had the Roadrunners put on it. And obviously the head coach gets everything. So I went ahead and gave him one. And he comes back downstairs with it. And he goes, you know what, Stretch? I actually like this one a lot. I think I'm going to wear this one. And um, so, you know, it, it just goes to show you, you just never know until you put your logo on it and mm -hmm. how, how you get it actually on your head. And he wears that one probably every day to practice. And then he'll wear a white-fitted one. Um, white-fitted one to, to games. But what you're talking about when you saw about the hat actually came from um, mask fines uh, from Conference USA. Conference USA has a, a deal with COVID of if you're caught on TV without your mask on, so many mm. violations and they're going to fine you. And so during the trial period, you know, we went through one style of mask. He didn't like that. Two different styles of neck gaiters. Um, he liked the second style of neck gaiter, but he said, you know, when I pull it down, as we all do, you pull it down and he goes, I forget about it. And being the head coach, you're on the TV so much. I mean, he he goes, we got to figure something out. Um, and being that I, I knew that he he's going to have a hat on the entire game. So I remembered Alan's idea, um, Alan in Kansas City, of Coach Reed on the bill. And we even ordered the ones with the glasses. And I have a couple of coaches with the glasses 
on game day as well with just the face shield. But I was like, he, I mean, he's probably not going to like the glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took a leather hole punch and took the face shield off the glasses on both sides of the bill. And there's a little hole and I screwed the face shield into his hat. And since then, he hasn't had any violations um, per Conference USA. So that's what, when you see that on Twitter, talking about mm-hmm. a hat, um, Alan was great. I, I, I reached out to him and he was like, yeah, I just, I screw it into his, screw it into his hat. And I go, okay, I can do that. I have a leather hole punch. I have, you take some of those short snap screws and some mm-hmm. nuts and, um, yeah, and that's, that's what they're talking about when they talk about the hat, but he's a big hat guy. So I had to get that taken care of. What's funny, man. Like there, there are two couple things that I kind of want to talk about with, with kind of what you had said, one kind of going back to your, uh, academic advisor when you were a uh, grad assistant her advice that, that's un- unreal that she was like listen this is when athletics jobs open you got to be done in a, in a year and a half that's that's incredible that they were looking out for you like that because i mean it's true that's where you see most of your jobs open mm-hmm. up and you see especially you know in terms of equipment that's where you're seeing a lot of the most turnover so you know props to her that's you know you don't kind of you don't hear that kind of advice very often and so it's it's good that you had somebody that was kind of looking out for you and, and really trying to do the best of their ability to to look out for 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 you. Uh, and two, I'll tell you that's if that's not the definition of kind of other duties as a sign, figuring out that you can take a hole punch, punch some holes in this plastic bill. Because coaches in general, I mean, coaches are some of the most particular people. I mean, I had you know receivers coaches that all they wanted to wear were hot jackets and they would wear long sleeve shirts underneath it. So it was like a long sleeve tee and a hot jacket. So you had to be particular about that. My head coach, when I was at Richmond for, you know, the, the couple years that I was there, he liked straight up like crew neck sweatshirts. He didn't like hoodies. He didn't like anything else between like, it could be almost 80 degrees outside. And that dude was like almost walking around in like a crew neck. Like he loved his sweatshirts. So I would get like a full like color run of a, a particular sweatshirt and be like coach tell me just tell me what you want on them because he you know sometimes like we would mix it up yeah or or like the the fleece like bp tops i'm talking about like they had like the the pocket so like the zippered oh, pocket this was a nike product favorite but, things oh i still I, I seriously i still have i think two of them for myself uh but it was a piece where it was like uh, that anthracite gray but then like the sleeves were like a different color it was his favorite thing. So I had like three different colors of that as well. And I, I mean, that was like the only thing he wore for an entire year, but just talking about like, you know, with the hats and how particular coaches are, it's funny that you have, I mean, with hats, it's a very similar thing. Some coaches like hats, some coaches like visors. And does that also kind of transition into, you know, I mean, Scott and you and Tyler can, can kind of touch on this, how particular coaches are about their headsets with their, like the single ear, double ear, how they like their, their stuff set up because they're super particular about that as well. Yeah. I mean, we're both laughing at that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Obviously he uh, he's got some experience too, but yeah, I mean, from when it comes to coach comment, I mean, I've had coaches, not just the headset, but like how and where it gets clipped on the back. If, um, if you're clipping that wire, um, that runs the bell pack from the headset or or attaching it to their hip in general, where they like stand there and like, pull their pants out and their belt and they just like look at you like you can put it on me you, you can put it on now 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's always been weird to me. And then I had one coach that was like, I don't like it, behind, like showing at all. So just go ahead and run that. So you're running it through. And it's like, dude, you are sweaty. Like, what Sorry, are you talking about? Jeff Munkin? Yeah, he was one of those. You're right. He was one of those. I thankfully did not have to do that as a 20 year old student who would have um, cowered in fear. Um, that's a very intense individual. If you if you've never uh, seen a picture of Jeff Monk and Google him, he's probably screaming. Um, great coach, intense. He's per he's at the perfect university right now. He's at, he's at Army. So um, and he yeah, spent I mean, the en coaches. entire sorry not to interrupt you. He spent the entire last week just bashing Air Force. Bashing, <laughs> bashing. Air Force. Did you see that he like wanted to play them on Wednesday and then go play another game on Saturday? <laughs> exactly. I, I it was think, unreal. I don't think he cares. No, and then like he straight up was like, I used to work at Navy too, and they've been a problem ever since I was there. He was like, nothing's changed, and I was like, dude, like you, I can understand being upset, that? but like you, I mean, it, it we're we're on in Wednesday now of the next week of the of your game, and you're still talking about this. Like, obviously, you hate Air Force, which is fine. Like everybody's entitled to their opinions, but he has not let this go. Dude, I love him. I love. There was the one special teams practice where. Um, it's good. I don't remember who this was, but the kid messed up, run down the field on like kickoff return, and he just said, "If you ever find yourself in a game, call a timeout. It's a freaking mistake." And just pulled the kid out. I don't think the kid ever got another rep in special teams, and he was, he was like third string, fourth string freshman. Like it was like you get pulled from scout team. It's bad. I mean, speaking of like intimidating and how intense he is, their freaking pregame warmup is a daggum practice. They're out there with cut bags and tackle dummies and. Detterman's over there freaking holding cut bags and they like go in a circuit. And I, I remember standing over there like, y'all are practicing right now. Y'all are insane. He was, he was the same way at Southern. We're in walkthrough, like, you know, doing our openers, routes on air. Y'all are in a practice right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were told, um, when, cause he, he left Southern obviously at the end of the 2013 season. So he gets there in the spring and the first thing you're going to do as a new head coach is mad drills. And we were told that it was, New York, obviously, negatives, snow on the ground, and they're outside doing mat drills, like, in the snow. They have and an indoor facility, by the way. Just throwing that out there. They do have one. They were not in it because Munkin and toughness. And he uh, he got a – I'm told there was a meeting where they were like, hey, these are future Army officers. Maybe don't give them frostbite. Can we, can we maybe go inside for these? Like, till it gets just double digits, double digit temperature. So, I mean, he's just an intense individual, but awesome to work for. Um, I don't know uh, if you've ever talked to Detterman about it. I'm sure he still does it there. But, I mean, he would come up all camp, and he'd be Scott Smith, Effingham County High School. And you're just like, I'm sorry? And he's like, I, I'm, there's going to be a test at the end of camp. I have to know everyone's name. And he would go, but he made the players do it too. So, at the end of camp, they would put your picture up on the video board or the projector screen and the players had to fill it in, and they had to know every single person in the program's name and where they're from. That's and awesome. to this day, he's the only coach I've ever seen that does it. But we sure do, feel valued as a, as a college student. We don't do a test like that, but our my head coach down here definitely does um, does take pride in knowing everyone's name. I mean, we'll be in a team period. We'll be in – especially when in camp or in those early walkthroughs this year. Um, and he would come and ask all my managers – you know their name, and he's even got a couple couple nicknames for him, so he can just so that he can remember their names. And it's it like you're saying, it's you know those kids that it, it's cool to them. You know the the head coach because I've been around, 
programs, people that that they're just manager. Um, and so those and I knew that Coach Trailer was like that. I knew that that was the type of person he he was. So you kind of get used to it. Um, but the first couple of times he did it, my kids were like, he's going to want to know all of our names. I go, yeah, that's, that's the type of person he is. But going back to being picky about it, headsets, like mm-hmm. we were talking about, I have a story about that. So we got our, our brand new XSM this year, and we, we roll it out there for our first scrimmage. Um, everything goes fine. Everything works great. Headsets work great. Um, I go and get belt pack and headset from Coach Trailer. He goes, yeah, it worked great. He goes, I just feel that the microphone doesn't go up as easy as it did when we were at Arkansas. Um, well, it's a brand new headset. So that night, I sat there, up and down, up and down with the microphone <laughs> to break his microphone in, and we get to the scrimmage. Uh, talking about other duties as a sign, there's another one. We get to the scrimmage next next Saturday, and he's like, yeah, it went up better today. I felt like it got a little more broken in. I go, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, I only sat <laughs> at my desk. Yeah, I only sat at my desk for a couple hours just literally swinging this thing back and forth. But, yeah, no worries, Coach. I got you, man. But, but it's, I, it's the attention to detail, too, from him and not just to follow him to another state, another school completely. But when coaches do take that kind of that extra effort and they know your kids' names, they care about who you are and what's going on for you, you're willing to do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it's it's what makes this job more in, in enriching and, and makes us love doing it is when you've got the good relationships like that and you do feel bought in. And at, at that point, it's just a team effort. Yeah, I mean, it was it, one of the favorite, one of my favorite coaches that I worked for, and not because of his ability to coach, but just because he would come down to the equipment room and just hang out and tell stories. He just, he had stories on top of stories on top of stories, and just the way he talked always made me laugh, but it was Tuberville. It was Tommy Tuberville when I was at Cincinnati, and Tubbs had stories for days, man, but the problem was for the first year that I was there, I think he called me John and Paul and think there was a Jake thrown in there at one point. Um, but he said like, Hey, you know, randomly like in the equipment room, like, Hey, Jay, or like Paul, could you come here and take care of this for me? And I didn't really respond to it. And he was but like, he hey, responded man. and did the No, job. but like, I kind of like turned and I was like, like I'm the only one in this room right now. Like are you talking to me and I like, kind of turned and looked and he was like, are you, you, you going to come take care of this? And I was like, sure, coach. Yeah, man. And like, I thought, you know, like talking with Blake about it later, like Blake Reed. And I was like, hey, um, do you know that Tubbs doesn't know my name? And he was like, nope, didn't know that one. But uh, you, you responded to it. So get ready for him to call you some other random names while you're at it. And I was like, I mean, it's fine. I just I, I, I thought he knew my name whenever I introduced myself as Patrick to him. But uh, no, I mean, it's cool. It's fine. At least at least your coach like takes the time to know your names. And like <laughs> with with uh jeff bunkin when i was at when we were scott and i were working together at uh at georgia southern like i think the day i went for my interview i met coach monken and and literally i get hired and i'm on campus what scott was it like two almost three weeks later wasn't long enough yeah it was great you loved it you loved working for me um but yeah like the day i showed up showed up on campus he he came to the equipment room he's like hey patrick it's good to see you man like glad you're here and all that stuff. And like, he truly, unless he asked somebody, you know, out, you know, mm-hmm. off to the side, he could have, I don't think he did because I think he's just that guy. Like he remembers that stuff. He knows Some people are just like that. Yeah. It's a gift. Yeah. 
Some people just they you, you hear a name on time and like you can just remember that stuff and it's a good thing. I'm I'm usually good with names, but with him, like the fact that I'm just like I'm an assistant equipment manager, like there's no reason for you to ever remember my name. But hey, Patrick, you know, welcome, happy you're here, man. It's uh, it's good to have you, and we're excited about it. And I was like, well, thanks, coach. I appreciate it, man. There's nothing worse than going to convention and meeting someone that you don't know, especially if they're from a smaller school or something. They call you out by name. Yes. Well, yeah, and like they're from a smaller school, maybe, and they know you from social media or you met them at a breakout session and don't remember because you meet so many people at convention. And if it's like, we're not, you're not in the same conference as me. Like we've never played each other. How do you remember my name? It's, I hate that, but I'm terrible with names. We could meet. Dirty mustache. That's how they remember you. It's Movember, bro. I had to shave the beard for Movember. No one can see it. Don't worry about it. But there's nothing. It looks phenomenal. It looks phenomenal. Five minutes later. I don't know you. I recognize your face. Don't know your name. You were there when I got, uh, when I went through my interview and I doubt you remembered my name after that. Uh, dude, probably not. But you have a very forgetful face as well. So, what are you talking about? It's glorious. But, but I do like I do want to hit back on one other thing you said because we've talked about it a lot on here, and that really you getting your start. I mean, you can credit an academic advisor as well, but it's it's the emails you send out a bunch of emails, and uh, we don't have enough students being that proactive work in sports that are proactive that do that. And there's a ton of kids I know that are sitting in sports management classes right now who aren't listening to this podcast, who aren't sending emails trying to get any jobs. And right now is the time because I know for a lot of teams are going to play in the, in the spring. Um, the university I'm at, we've got 18 sports that are all going to play at the same time in the spring. So good luck. Exactly. So we're begging for interns. We're like, hey, you're free labor. Come on. So if there's any students that are at these universities where you know something like this is happening, COVID is all hands on deck. Like you're probably going to have to get your brain gouged with a Q-tip, but three times a week. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with a little brain tickle, man. Don't don't listen to what people say. You get used to it. It's not you that do get you do get used to it. I've learned you got to take a deep breath and close your eyes and yep, it's fine. Get the experience because right now is the easiest time to be free help. It's the hardest time to get a full time job, but it's the easiest time to get your foot in the door and and get some help. And if you step in and save some equipment guy by coming in and busting tail and being free labor right now or even part time labor then they're going to put their neck out for you later on because that's that's what we're always looking for. And if you can come in right now and help us, all the merrier. So I do want to ask you, we were talking about this uh, before we started recording. And Larry, I'm sorry to, to call you out, but I think uh, we we have the official record for smallest equipment room because as far as I know, Tyler, you, you don't actually have a, a true equipment room. So if you could kind of delve into that and um we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit but at least tell us kind of what your situation is right now so i my equipment room is in the back of our team meeting room um it is two cages we're talking like chain link uh chain link yeah the tops are chain link there's a little for lack of a better word yes they're chain link cages um and I have one where my desk and my assistant's desk is, um, and then like all one side has my Navy game helmets are in cubbies that line one side of the cage. My white game helmets are on S hooks on the cage. Um, there's a ping pong table in the middle of it that we use kind of as our workstation, <laughs> and a heat press and a toolbox 
Um, I bought some storage units and stuff when I got here to store visors and decals and all that kind of other stuff. And then the other, on the other side of the room, there's another basically chain link fence um, that has basically Toys R Us shelves. And uh, there's two back-to-back Toys R Us shelves that run down the middle. And then on the outside are more shelves where we store all of our gear, shoes, um, that kind of stuff. And then jersey, there's like on the top of them, jerseys sit from like hanging rods that are attached by S-hooks. And, um, you know, it's our little paradise. What do you do for laundry then? I know you said off air that there's kind of a service elevator you take to get there. So it's a separate laundry room. Our laundry room, yeah, our laundry room isn't connected to our equipment room at all. It's down the hallway. Actually, all, well, about 12 of our 15 or so sports use our laundry room that comes out of this one building. Um, This building houses football coaches, our head basketball coaches in there, um, and assistant basketball coaches in there as well. Um, But our locker room and our coaches' offices are on the second floor. There is no big elevator that you can put three or four laundry bins in. There's stairs or there's a little service elevator that you could fit basically one of the small laundry carts in. Um, And another thing attached across the hall from that laundry room is what we call the dungeon. It's where I store all of my trunks. With that being on the first floor, when I load my truck each week, I have to take a somewhat regular size service elevator and it has to go upstairs to the truck. And I can only get about one trunk in that service elevator. Just an extra um, hour of work, literally, just every, to pack yeah, your well, truck. The best, and the best story with that, um, Friday night, Thursday night, before we loaded the truck Friday to go to Texas State, start of this year, first road game, I noticed that the service elevator is not working. I call our facilities people. I'm like, this has to work. Like, I don't have time. I can't, I physically can't get these trunks up the stairs. They're like, okay, we'll fix it. And it's not my athletics facilities people's fault. They're great. They're phenomenal. It was somebody on campus that didn't want to come over and do it. So I show up at 6.30 Friday morning to load the truck. Service elevator still doesn't work. Um, so we probably, luckily, about 30, 45 minutes in, into the process, they decided to come over and fix the service elevator. But we probably got, I know at least two of our coaches' trunks. We had to take all the coaches' clothing out of the trunk, lift the trunks up the stairs, put all the clothing back in the trunks. Um, Just shoot me. <laughs> I mean, wow. And, and we got it done. It, it's just one of those things that you guys know. You guys have had those situations. Obviously, some of the things that we go through, I'll never go, you guys will never go through. And I, I'm the same way. Some of the things that you guys go through, I'll never see. But as equipment managers, we're just trying to make sure that nobody sees those things and then everyone thinks that it just went off without a hitch everything went fine and any day that that happens is a successful day yeah if they're not calling your name and they're not you know saying anything about what you're doing if you're not being recognized if you will you know what i mean like as long as we're as an equipment manager staying behind the scenes and nobody's like where's tyler what's going on what's scott doing then then you're successful at your job because if they're not asking questions then you did everything right. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, that's I can't that's I I can't imagine that. But Scott, let's let's take it to a quick break, and um, when we come back, we'll have a few more questions for you. And if you know you have anything to ask us or just anything else to add, obviously we can get to that. But uh, for now, we're gonna 
We're going to go to a quick break and we'll see you guys back in a minute. Welcome back, everybody. We're here still with Tyler and we wanted to to talk a little bit about some of the stuff we had talked about when we went had gone to break and he Tyler had told us some some funny stories about, you know, when he first started at UTSA and, and some of the interactions he's had with his coach. And and one of the things that I kind of wanted to first start with is the the interaction you had kind of like during your first team meeting and when your coach basically said, This is my guy, this is this is who I'm gonna go with. And you know, how those interactions changed kind of your relationship with the players. So if you would just let it let everybody know, you know, what was said and you know, just kind of the reaction to that in general. Um, yeah. I mean, my head coach is the best. Uh, coach Taylor, I'll do anything for that guy. And so we're, everyone's had that start of camp meeting. You know, you got to, this is our expectations in the equipment room. This is when we're in full pads. This is what you have to have on. When we're in shells, this is what you have to have on. When we're in walkthrough attire, this is what you have to have on. So, I blow through all that with our, our kids, you know, and um, he didn't tell me he was going to do this. He didn't talk to me about it, but he gets up there after it. And, you know, I've gotten a chance. I've been there since February. This is late July, early August. And so I've gotten to know the players a little bit. And he, he gets up there and he goes, you guys like, like stretches my hire and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. He's been awesome. He's been great. And that's just like who I am. I'm a people person. I like to get to know these kids. I like to invest in these kids. Um, and he goes, okay, cool, because you don't mess with him. That's my dude. <laughs> I brought him here for a reason. He has a very kind heart. But if he if he comes to me about a problem, I'm going to know that there's really a problem. Like, because he's going to try and make sure that everything is okay. Everything seems fine. So I've known him a lot longer than I've known you guys. And <laughs> I... I, that's my guy. That's my dude. I brought him here for. I'm gonna back this guy no matter what. I'm, I'm gonna back this guy no matter what. And and he re he reemphasizes it multiple times over our season of like kids. You know how kids are. They can't find their knee pad and they take it from a teammate. Blah blah blah. Whatever. And he goes, bro. I told you from the beginning. My dude down there will take care of you. That's my guy. Do not take from each other. He goes. Go talk to him. He will fix all of your problems, and then we'll take care of it. And just to have that backing from a head coach, to have that support, it actually probably all started, him and I got into it his first year at Arkansas. Um, <laughs> he, everyone has those kids, those players that can't learn the playbook for the life of them. And like I do here at UTSA, I, I follow him around at practice. I, um, and him and I both communicate with my assistant, Dom, about running the clock. Um, while I was running the clock at Arkansas, and Coach Morris, I was following the head coach around, running the clock, whatever, is telling all the coaches to back up. And Coach is trying to tell his running back at the time to play, I guess, because he had messed up the previous play. And, I mean, as a coach, you don't want to get yelled at for your position group messing up two times in a row. Um, and I make the mistake of pulling on the back of his shirt and telling him to back up. And, I mean, he's, he's from East Texas. He's country. He's – I mean, he'll tell you all these things. And he turns around and lays into me. I'm a grown man. Don't touch me ever. Blah, blah, blah. Explicitive. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Again. <laughs> and the, the, he's such a 
like he's such a good dude. He's so such he wants to do the right thing all the time. Probably 10 to 15 minutes after practice ended, he came and found me and he goes, that's not me. I really apologize. I shouldn't have acted like that. But he goes, I'm I'm he's a very intense individual. Anybody that knows him knows that he cares a lot. He cares about his players. He cares about his coaches. He cares about his support staff. He invests so much into them that that's going to happen every now and then. And I saw, and it's just, it was really an advice that I had gotten earlier. I didn't see it as a bad thing. A lot of people see a coach yelling into as a bad thing. I saw it as, A, if you're going to work in sports, if you're going to work in football, and you can't take somebody yelling at you every now and then, you don't belong here. And B, he feels comfortable enough with me that he can turn around and yell at me and know that I'm going to be able to handle it. And from that moment, like him and I were as close as anybody I've ever been coach-wise relationship with. Like from that moment, from that instance, has been my guy. And that's why he's able to call me and be like, I need you to move to Texas. That's why he's able to, I'm able to take him designs of t-shirts and what we do. And he can look at me and be like, what did I bring you here to do? Okay, go do your job. Like, I trust you to do that. That's why I brought you here. And that, like, having that relationship with your head coach is just something that I wouldn't trade for anything. It's funny to think about if you go back and and tell, you know, a few years ago you where he's in that moment just laying into you, hey, this guy's going to give you first director job. Like, (laughs) but that's, you're right. It's, I always had a high school coach that said it best. When I stopped yelling at you, I stopped caring. And it's, it's that if there's no potential in you, I'm not going to waste my time yelling anymore. And it's it's more for players, I think. But it, it, it means the same thing with equipment managers and student managers. I mean, if, if you've got if you're a position coach, you've got a student manager and assistant or a head for that matter. That's just not getting it done. You're just going to bite your tongue and just it is what it is. And, and I'll try to shake things up at the end of the season or whatever you need to do. Like it just it sucks. But. If you've got a coach that that cares enough, that knows you're capable of getting it right, they're gonna lay into you a little more. Not to say it's right, but that is the nature of football, and it's it's unique to football. That's something that I've had Olympic sports people come over and they're like, "Oh wow, this is yeah." The volleyball coach ain't getting after you like that during practice, so it's a little different. But your relationship with him and that you've got the backing when it comes with players that's huge because a lot of coaches not just not backing the equipment guy they have this adversarial relationship um, because maybe they've been at places where it wasn't a great equipment guy or there wasn't the budget to go around and guys couldn't get taken care of as easily. And so when the coaches have that kind of relationship or that, I guess, dismissive um, thoughts towards the equipment staff, it trickles down to the players. And you'll have guys that if they see the coaches aren't paying you much respect or thinking much of you, they're going to do the same thing. So to have a coach stand up there in front of the whole team vouch for you i think that that probably helped you out a lot and and obviously you had some months to build that foundation yourself but that's everything man we talk about on here we're we're there for them i mean that's we don't have jobs out of these kids and we want to see them succeed we don't care if you need another pair of socks as long as we got socks you can have the socks so it's it's um it's an interesting dynamic that you're really lucky to have you're really lucky to have a coach who uh who gets it and he's going to hate the fact that I told that story. So, Coach Trailer, if you're listening to this at any point, I, <laughs> I know that you hate that story. But, like, that story is one of the reasons that I'm here, I, the relationship that it helped us form. So I apologize, but I just felt like I had to tell that story. 
I mean, it wasn't you looking at him in a in a bad light. It was you talking about how it essentially strengthened y'all's relationship, right? It it was a way for, and again, like you said, there's every single person who's ever worked in equipment has been yelled at by a coach at some point in time. And if if you're unable to handle being yelled at, then you don't make it in the industry. You don't make it in athletics in general. There's not a single person that's worked in athletics who probably hasn't been yelled at. And I'm, when I say yelled at, I mean, it's like you haven't been cussed out by a coach ever in your life because it, it happens to all of us, whether or not you're working for a, that specific sport. If you're a director, uh, a GA, intern, student manager, like the one thing I'd always try and tell my coaches heading into a season was like, hey, just if you have a problem with my student managers, don't just don't cuss them out in front of the players in front of anybody else. If you have a problem with them, just come to me. That's all I want. If you come to me and talk to me about it, maybe I can take care of it before it ever becomes an issue again. Now, if it's something where I talk to them and like they continue to do it and then you get after them, maybe I'll understand it a little bit more, but just yeah. please, please don't go after my guys. That was my thing. Like, just I would always try and protect my guys, but I had no problem getting yelled at. I got yelled at my first day as an intern at at Nevada, and it was like I got absolutely cussed out by Coach Alt, and that's something that's always I've always carried with me. I've told it probably three hundred times in the thirty four different episodes we've done on this on this podcast. But it, I mean, I think it holds true because it really makes a difference if you can. If you can take getting yelled at and just keep moving and doing your job, then it makes a difference in, in the type of person that you are. There's no doubt. I mean, and that's what I try, like you're saying, don't, you're asking your coaches not to yell at your kids. Um, I do the same thing with my coaches and I do the same thing with my kids as well. It's like, hey, there might be a time when a coach comes after you. He's not yelling at you. He's, it's not more times than not. It's not anything that you did. He's frustrated because they didn't rotate the right way on cover three or they dropped a pass on a slant over the middle and he's just looking at somebody to yell at. Don't hash that out right there because I guarantee you more times than not, he's probably going to come down and apologize to you or he's going to come talk to me and be like, hey, I mishandled this earlier. Will you let so-and-so know that um, – I'm really sorry for what I did. I mean, our, my student managers, they've done a really good job of it this year and taking that because, I mean, that's just the way the coaches are. It's a very intense business. It's a, They're going to yell from time to time. Yeah, it's just the nature of the job. You know, they they yell at their players. It is, it is a motivational side of things, and it's not to, to discourage you. It's not there to break you down. It is their the reason they do it in my opinion again this is opinion based but it is to try and motivate you to to do better at certain things and like you said chances are it's not because you are slow getting the the you know the o line strip out there or you're the slow setting up the the jugs machine or whatever the hell it was like it has nothing to do with that. It's because they were frustrated at something that happened either earlier in practice or earlier in the game. And they're taking that on you because they need an outlet. And sometimes we're the outlet and that's what it is. Like we get yelled at 
okay, coach, you got it. I'm on it. No worries. It won't happen again, man. And then you just move on. You know what I mean? Like as long as you don't let it get to you too much, then, then you're going to survive and you're going to move on. And like you said, more often than not, like, you know, nine times out of 10, your coach is going to come down and say something to you or even later on in that practice or the next day in practice, they'll say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like I didn't mean to take it out on you. That's my bad. I do want to ask you, I know we've hit on it a little bit um, with some of the things you've, you've been dealing with in your short time at UTSA, but do you have another good example or, or would you say those take the cake of your other duties as assigned and, and something you may have been asked to do? I mean, I think screwing through a cap uh, for a face shield is probably probably as good as it gets. Pretty high up there, yeah. It's pretty high my, up there. My other duties, other duties as assigned actually popped up the other day. Um, it's something back in my time at Arkansas. And it goes back to kind of, I mean, Stick's my guy, too. He's another um, guy I go to. He talked He talked about an episode with you guys of people he always bounces ideas off of, thoughts, ideas off of. Um, you know, no one's bigger than the program. I, I mean, I talk to him about almost every decision I make. But my, I've, he got brought up the other day of, like you guys were saying, nobody's bigger than the program. Something brought up in my freaking my Facebook memories or my Twitter memories or whatever it was. Uh, one day, one Saturday, middle of a game day, working, having a great time. Um, less than 24 hours later, I was stripped down in my shorts, unclogging a drain behind our washer because of the stuff, because our laundry room had flooded. Um, and it's just one of those things like other duties as assigned. You know, you, all of us see it yep. in those job applications of job descriptions and it's right there at the bottom and nobody knows what it means but one day i was on the on the sideline for an sec football game and the next day i was stripped down in my shorts with a hanger in my hands pulling gunk out of a drain behind our washers so that we're in the middle of a recruiting visit there are recruits in the equipment room and our laundry room is flooding and we have to find a way to unclog this drain so the water doesn't seep into the equipment room that's they put it. You, they put it at the bottom of the application. You don't know what it means, but you know you're going to find out. Yeah. And if you've never had to unclog unclog a laundry drain, it is the worst smelling, most disgusting. It's so foul. You know it's all so about bad. it, don't you? Down there, that's in the way. That. <laughs> yeah, we've had an experience or two with unclogging drains. We've had some once or twice. Some clogged drains, some some squeegee on the floor to help with the flooding. I mean, we had Montana State. We had a. Uh, maintenance guy who was new who had worked at a previous university he said you i've done this before and it's never been a problem but he let himself in after hours and washed some mop heads um in our laundry room and when we came in the next day we had like two inches of water and apparently some of the gunk i don't know what he'd mopped up i mean clay maybe i don't know it had just gotten it was so thick that it um clogged it up well we go to the back and it had happened before, and, and we're trying to pull out, you know, the back of a PVC pipe that feeds into the drain, and there's nothing there. Come to find out, it was, like, stuck in um, so bad with this kind of stuff. But, like, I don't know the term. But basically where the well empties out into the bottom drain that then pushes it out. Like, it's got a motor, whatever you want to call it. It was stuck there. So we end up taking the whole face of the washer off. We've got a pressure washer that we're like blasting this stuff through the PVC pipe. We're like, what in the world are we doing here? So we had that. And we're like, hey, buddy, um, never again. 
So if you've never been on hands and knees unclogging washers, I do not recommend it, but you will have to do it at some point. I, I do have one more um, for my time down here. We are it's the day before camp starts. Um, our special teams coordinator, Tommy Perry. Tommy, I love you. Um, tells me he needs traffic cones for a special teams drill at 6 p.m. <laughs> and so I go out to our, our pad pad room and I look around. We don't have any we don't have any traffic cones that are about three feet tall that he wants to snatch tennis balls off of. So what me and my assistant do, there's a lot of construction on campus at UTSA. Um, we drive around campus, find two construction cones and appropriate them for our special teams drill the next day to start um, camp. Football's king, especially in Texas. You gotta commandeer stuff. I mean it, it is what it is. Find a way, right? Texas football. Texas forever. <laughs> Texas forever. Wow. I, I just, that's unreal. I mean, the fact that you guys had to kind of pivot there and, and find find a solution and that the uh, road crews, if you will, or construction crews in the area necessarily didn't miss the, the cones that you guys had to commandeer. Um, I haven't gotten any fines or... Yeah, and even if they it, did yeah. care, if you would have told them, it's like, hey, it's it's for the the football team. They probably would have been like, nah, all right, go yeah. ahead, man. Like, it's it'll, okay. be, it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know, Scott. If you have any other questions, I don't have any off the top of my head. So, tell if you have anything, maybe you want to add. If you want to plug anything, if you want to ask anything, obviously you're more than welcome. But otherwise, uh, we we have you know have thoroughly enjoyed this for those of you who don't know we've probably been on this call with him for about three hours now just talking mostly off air and just sharing some stories and in relating in in other ways uh, you know in this business because you know we we all go through a lot of similar things so uh, it's it's been a lot of fun man yeah, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to BS with us off air because I know you're like me with the morning practices. And I was up at 530 this morning, so I'm an hour ahead of you. But I know these uh, these podcasts sometimes they run a little late. But, man, it's we we enjoy it. Um, and this is we've already talked about it, but AEMA canceled. Thank God for this podcast because these are the the breakout sessions that soothe the soul. So. But yeah, if you got any questions, or I don't know if you got an OnlyFans for your uh, for your ball rubbing that you want, or, or whatever. I don't, but, you know. I don't have any OnlyFans, but I do have a couple of plugs. Um, first of all, my kids, man, my student managers, dude. Like, there is just coming from Arkansas and the only having to do football mm-hmm. and taking a director spot where I oversee all these sports. And you guys have talked about it in podcasts of other podcasts of your director hides you from a bunch of things and has all these administrative duties and all of that. Like I couldn't do any of this. I couldn't, we couldn't put a football team on the field without my kids, man. And they don't complain. They're always asking what else needs to be done. I I couldn't do it without any of them. And I don't pay them enough. I don't get them food enough. I don't (laughs) thank them enough. And to put it on this platform, like I appreciate each and every one of you and you all know who you are. I appreciate each and every one of you more than you will ever know. And that the same can be said for my assistant, Dominic. Like this kid handles all of our Olympic sports and I do as much as I can, but this kid 
not only does he handle all of our Olympic sports, he handles football duties as well. I mean, the kid goes on advanced trips, does operations hotel meetings, sets up the locker room all before the team arrives on Friday. And it, like he does it with, it's him and my truck driver. And I mean, the kid's a stud and I don't pay him enough. I overwork him at times. And literally like my support group down here in my department, there's, there's literally no way that this job would be done without them. And I can't tell them enough how much I appreciate them. Um, and my other one is my wife. And everyone in this industry will understand that. Like, she, I mean, she says all the time, she married me and football. She married me and sports. And her support, I mean, this is, when we moved down here to Texas, this was the first one, job opening-wise. Hey, what do you think about this one? Hey, what do you think about this one? Hey, what do you think about this one? She always had her reserves. She always had her questions. She always had her whatever it might be. And this one, I was like, hey, coach wants us to move to San Antonio. She goes, okay, I'll pack tomorrow. And to have that support system at home, I I could not do it without her. She is my biggest fan, my biggest supporter, and she's my rock when it comes to everything. And to have somebody like that, like, I'm not trying to be relationship advice, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like for all you young equipment managers out there that want to do this, that want to get into this profession and you talk about work, life, family balance, to have someone that truly understands what you do, like that's big time. It Mm -hmm. makes life so much easier because she's the best. She she probably really and truly runs the UTSA equipment room because (laughs) of – her support for me. Yeah. I've, I've described it um, to my wife who, who, you know, really gets it too, is that I feel like in the off season, um, cause football is such a beast in season and you really have no life outside of it. And I feel like in the off season, I'm, I'm putting in little deposits into the bank. Um, yeah, honey, I got the dishes, whatever you want to do. We'll go do this on the weekend. We'll go over to this. We'll go hang out with that friend. We'll, I'm tired. Uh, we had spring ball, but it's not in season, so we'll have the cookout. Like whatever it is, you know, you got to keep that wife happy because in the off season you're making deposits into that bank that during the season you're only making withdrawals. Withdrawal. You can't withdrawal. like there's not going to be. Yeah, it's fall, but like there's no apple orchard picking. You know, I mean, you're not going. You're not going to the pumpkin patch. Um, you may sneak away and, and have a bye week where you can do something, but like got to find that Sunday morning breakfast. There, you're right. You're right. Before you got to go in and finish game laundry. I mean, it's it's nothing but withdrawals in season. And if you can get your wife that's patient, I mean, that's huge. My wife's joked about having. Um, she needs to start a equipment wives support group because her thing was always you know coaches wives travel together so they're usually you know you're a head coach usually hire coaches from your previous school um you bring them with you so you the wives kind of know each other your wife's experiencing it now for the first time a little bit anyway um she might know some of those other coaches wives but you move to a new city as an equipment wife you're just starting fresh i mean during we covid and a global pandemic yeah go go hang out with somebody there is nobody um everyone's inside. Shut down yeah, I mean, we moved we moved from Georgia to Montana, and I mean, it was culture shock, and and we didn't know anybody. And I've got the, you're always gonna meet people and have that social relationship at work because you work with so many people all the time, and then you got the wife sitting at home and and two feet of snow just chilling, no friends. So you've got to always um, kind of remember that you know someone else is along with you, and and 
they get overlooked just like the student managers. I mean, we talk about how they make the program run um, and the support that they provide for us in our jobs. But yeah, nail on the head. Happy wife, happy life. They're they're in the trenches with you from from August first till if you're lucky January eighth or so. But yeah, man, it's tough. Shout out, Miss Renard. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got. If you if you don't have anything else, Pat or Tyler, we really appreciate you coming on, man. We um we also appreciate you were one of the first ones that reached out when we wanted some students, and we had Miguel on one of yours, and and um kind of those student manager episodes is where we really started taking off. I think with with viewership and just interacting with the community. So we're thankful for you and and Miguel being being early in. We call you Founders Club, I guess. Whatever whatever we want to. Whatever you want to call it, but the shocks put, jock. Put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. All right, stick. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, 100%. Scott, Scott hit it home with that. We appreciate, you know, being able to talk to you and being able to share your story and, you know, just some of the, some of the knowledge that you have in the industry. And it's been, and, and Scott and I have talked about this, it's been the absolute joy of, especially during this COVID time but the joy of our lives sitting here talking with all of you guys and, and being able to spread some of the, some of the good words that you guys have and just y'all's experiences. Cause everybody goes through a different story, but it's all things that anybody, especially in equipment can relate to. And, you know, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And I know Scott feels probably the same way that it has just been so much fun, you know, getting to sit down and talk with you guys and you know we we love the fact that there are more and more people listening to us and wanting to be involved and you know it's been it's been a little bit of a process trying to get more and more people on and you know we we reached out to you and you were 100% on board and i know your schedule has been crazy uh especially with football wise and your your football schedule has been nuts but the fact that you're able to sit down and spend an, an exorbitant amount of time with us the past three hours sitting here talking to us has been an absolute delight. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for having me. I mean, like, every, we love to do this, like, and sitting down and talking about it. I like to let people know what we actually do. Everyone sees equipment manager and they think helmets, jerseys, cleats, all the fun stuff. And so laundry. You guys, yeah, exactly. You guys sharing some of the not so brighter sides of things and letting people know what we do. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. We just want the love. We want the love all the athletic trainers been getting. We get a week, they get a month. How do we? Yeah, freaking month. How do we up our time of the year? We got to get a bigger slice of that pie. But well, our website needs to not go down at random points up. during the year. So it's back up. Just saying. Up and running. Hashtag just saying. But either way. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Tyler, it's been an absolute pleasure. Keep us updated on what's going on with your career and the awesome interactions you have with your coaches because you have one of the better ones working with you. Uh, but otherwise, guys, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.